but this show will continue to help you understand the things that affect your health while looking for unexpected discoveries along the way. It will also explore thought-provoking ideas and questions like this one. Welcome back. When you ask, I try to deliver. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. So today I'm going to talk about obsessive compulsive disorder. I received several responses related to OCD, and I understand why. It's very common for people to walk around and say, I'm so OCD. Let me tell you, simply because you like to Marie Kondo your apartment or are a bit of a perfectionist does not make you OCD. Many of you disclosed to me that you have a diagnosis of OCD and found that when people do this, it minimizes your experience. I hope the information I provide today will help us to understand the disorder better and to not use the disorder to describe our idiosyncrasies. Similar to bipolar disorder, OCD afflicts a relatively small number of people. According to the DSM-5-TR, about 1.2% of the United States will experience OCD in a given year. Women are affected at a slightly higher rate than men in adulthood, while men are more commonly affected in childhood. Most people will experience symptoms by age 19, and while onset after the age of 35 is uncommon, OCD can occur later in life. As the name suggests, OCD is characterized by both obsessions and compulsions. Obsessions are recurrent and persistent thoughts, beliefs, and ideas that dominate the person's headspace. They are perceived as being intrusive and unwanted. Compulsions, on the other hand, are either behaviors or mental acts that they feel compelled to do in response to the obsessions, or for rigidly held rules that they feel must be applied. Those who have a clinical diagnosis of OCD present with obsessions, which I've just described, and they engage in attempts to ignore or suppress the obsessions. Most of the time, these obsessions cause anxiety and dread for the individual. So the compulsions are present to reduce the anxiety and neutralize or prevent the obsession. Most individuals are aware that the experience is irrational and they want to resist these actions, but it often feels unwinnable for them. The specifics of the obsessions and compulsions vary among individuals. However, there are some common symptoms which I will review. The one we most often reference in pop culture is related to cleaning. Those with OCD may have contamination obsessions and engage in cleaning compulsions. However, this isn't just a person who is fastidious. I have had patients who wash their hands so much they bleed. In fact, for it to be clinically significant, the OCD elements have to take up a significant time in your day for example, more than an hour each day, and or cause significant impairment to other domains of your life. Now, I know we've all been washing our hands more since COVID, but I doubt many of you are washing your hands 180 times or more a day, which is what it would take if you were doing a 20-second hand wash for at least an hour of your day. 
Another common one is symmetry. Obsessions and compulsions related to counting, ordering, and repeating. An example of this may be someone who needs to turn a light switch on and off a certain number of times. A third common type is related to taboos or forbidden thoughts. These can be obsessions of a sexual, aggressive, or religious nature and any associated compulsions. For instance, I've worked with folks with OCD who were terrified they were pedophiles because they saw a baby and thought they were cute. They believed that thinking a baby was cute or wanting to touch their squishy feet meant that they were attracted to children. They were tormented by this on a daily basis until they received appropriate treatment. The last one I'll discuss is harm. Many folks with OCD may have obsessions related to harm of themselves or others and will have related checking compulsions. For instance, a person may be convinced their mother is going to die if they don't call them 42 times a day. If OCD is left untreated, the course is usually chronic. A person will often have waxing and waning symptoms, but without treatment, remission rates in adults are low, about 20% for those reevaluated 40 years later. There is also a concerning rate of suicidal ideation and suicide attempts among those with OCD. There's a mean rate of 14.2% for suicide attempts, lifetime suicidal ideation mean rate of 44.1%, and current suicidal ideation mean rate of 25.9%. Factors that contribute to the risk of suicidality are severity of OCD, the symptoms dimensions of unacceptable thoughts, comorbid disorders like depression and anxiety, and a history of suicidality. If you've been a person who walks around saying that you're, quote, so OCD, I hope this leaves you better informed and with an understanding that you are not and that OCD is a serious mental health disorder. But if you're listening to this and believe you may actually be suffering with OCD, I implore you to seek treatment as it is not something you can tackle on your own. There are evidence-based treatments like exposure and response therapy, or EXRP for short, that are effective. I wish you well on your journey. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.